Welcome to the Of Music and Men Q&A, first ever Q&A. So what I wanted to do with this was to take a moment to explain to you what you just heard and answer some of the questions that you had uh, that you sent via social media, via email, or that you asked me in passing, if you met me or know me in person. So I wanted to just clarify exactly where we are with the project and what exactly you're hearing outside of obviously you know it's a podcast you subscribe you listen to a podcast you know what a podcast is i'm not going to explain what that is but what you just heard uh the last eight episodes are technically like sub episodes so uh as you may know and if you don't i'll i'll explain it uh, a few years ago i decided that i wanted to do a tv show wanted to develop a tv show based pretty much on my own experiences as a young woman navigating Washington, D.C. with entrepreneurial experience and navigating the uh, bachelorette scene uh, here in D.C. So I developed, uh, it was the first time I ever developed a TV show, so that was pretty cool, but I developed it as a TV show. And in TV, you do a little, well, not little, a big thing called a Bible. It's called a TV show Bible, and it serves like the Bible as a blueprint. Um, it's a document that you put together and it explains pretty much everything about the show that you know that if you're pitching it to someone in Hollywood or someone you're going to work with, they can get a good idea or great idea of what you're doing and where you want to go uh, with your project. It's a very instrumental piece. So if you're interested in TV, Google uh, TV show Bible. Pretty much every show uh, has one. And you can find some examples online. So after doing that, I knew uh, that the first season of of Music and Men would have 12 episodes. Um, and, you know, you when you're creating something, you usually look at your people you look up to and see what it is that they're doing. And you you model what you're doing sometimes exactly after what they're doing or you get some inspiration from them. So Candace Bushnell, creator, she's an author, a great writer and the creator of Sex in the City. And so even though she didn't have much to do with the TV show, I still looked to her and what she was doing and how that TV show, even outside of her, was put together. And that TV show had 12 episodes in the first season. So <laughs> because I was doing something uh, similar, I'm like, hey, 12 must be, a, and 12 is one of my favorite numbers anyway, for other reasons, but um, 12 is my favorite number. So I decided 12. 12 is going to be the, the that's going to be the number of episodes that I have for uh, the first season and probably other seasons too, but for the first season, at least for Music and Men. So the TV show Bible then had outlined and given uh, summaries of what would happen in all episodes. Episode one would be this, episode two would be that. So I pretty much knew the character arcs and all that kind of stuff for the show. Now, this is a little backwards. Normally, people write a book or something of that nature, and then they, if TV comes along, that's like Candace Bushnell, is way outside of their purview. Like, they usually don't have much to do or anything at all to do with the TV show uh, part of it. But I did it a little backwards, um, which is fine. I mean, you know, you do what you want. But I did the TV show first and then wrote, this is another oddity writing all of the episodes normally in tv you just write the one pilot you pitch it you sell it to hbo whoever and they go on and make it and you may or may not have much to do with it but um 
some people, like one of my my biggest influences right now is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And she's one of the greatest writers of my generation. And she's doing everything with Fleabag. And I wasn't inspired by her because this was before Fleabag, but I wrote every episode partly because I didn't have any Hollywood interest in my show and um, nothing against Hollywood. They just didn't know I existed. But uh, I'm like, I'm sitting here, I have a show. What's the downside? <laughs> like learn how to write TV better by writing. So write all of your shows. And that's what I did. So I wrote all of the episodes for uh, all the scripts for each of the episodes of the TV show. So where the backwards part comes in is 2017, I wanted, I was getting antsy and I'm like, I want people to know that this thing existed, uh, exists. And even though it was a short film, you know, between that time and the pilot script had gotten some traction in some writing contests between that time, it, it was some stuff that was happening on, happening on like a really small scale. But I mean, you know, it, it wasn't really happening. So I took those TV show episodes and turned each of them into something you, non-TV people, assuming most of people listening to this are probably not TV executives or people in the TV writing industry or film industry. You don't read scripts normally, but you do read books. That's pretty, uh, the way books look, pretty standard to you. So my idea was to turn each of those episodes into novellas. They wouldn't be big enough for novels each episode. They're only half an hour. And uh, most novels are about 80,000 words at least. But I was able to get uh, out of each episode, turning them into their own little independent uh, booklets, so to speak. They were roughly 15,000 words. Very digestible. You can read it in a day or two. And I was publishing those or publishing, I was posting those on my website and, and, and the Music and Men website and getting people the goal was to get people interested in it. And a few people were interested in it and got some pretty good feedback from it. So uh, fast forward to 2018, the following year, I'm like, look, let's, you know, let's go ahead and publish those. So, you know, and some of you may remember actually the launch party for the pilot and doing everything. So like the book, the pilot novella right now is available as a real, real book with an ISBN. That's like the social security number for books. It's available. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere you get books, even Audible, even did an audiobook, a formal audiobook for it. But publishing is hard. <laughs> it's really, you know, and I'll get into that later and share some information um, with you that's got some great information to share about that, but we'll get into that later. But um, I'm telling you all of this because I didn't publish episode two through 12 yet, but episode one is published. And that, fast forwarding to now, is what you heard the last eight podcast episodes. All of those eight episodes that you just listened to are sections or scenes in the first episode, the first novella episode. So I'm using like episode to mean several different things, but pretty much the eight podcasts that you listen to would only equal one TV show episode and would only equal one novella. They're just broken up for the podcast. And that's how the podcast um, comes together. So 
This is a little uh, intermission, so to speak, this week. And next week, you'll get a review episode to kind of track everything that you heard. So, you know, keep you up to date because I'm not Netflix. I can't give you everything <laughs> at once. I wish I could, but uh, can't afford that right now. We can't afford, you know, can't give you everything at once for you to just binge it, which would be great. But um, week by week, you get to hear pretty much an episode, but you pretty much are hearing a piece of an actual episode. So the next seven episodes of the podcast that you listen to uh, all throughout this uh, month and um, the, pretty much the next seven weeks uh, after next week, you will be getting episode two. So it's episode two broken down into seven sub episodes for the podcast. I really hope this makes sense. I feel like I'm speaking in circles using episode to mean two, two or three different things, but uh, I, you're smart. I'm pretty much, I think you'll get it. So that is how this whole uh, situation is going with the podcast, it's a promotional tool. It's a fun tool to add a little bit to it. And, and I'll get into that, too, because I had some questions about the formatting of it and how it comes together. But that was the biggest part. Because they're like, how are you getting eight episodes out of episode one? How are you getting eight podcasts out of episode one? And that's how, because it's broken up um, into sub episodes. And to go into that a little bit more, um, one of the questions I got is, what is the goal? For this approach. And to answer that, um, the goal for the podcast in general was to serve or is to serve as really a way to keep me honest, just in being all being transparent and, and, and everything It's really to keep me motivated and not to let this story and this project in general die at all, because waiting or kind of hoping and kind of piecing together all of that, working with faith and all that good stuff and hoping that your project or your goal or whatever, your dream comes together, it can, you know, honestly take more time than you want to spend doing it. And things can can die. <laughs> I don't want this to die. So it's it's very important to me. The message is important. The characters are important. Everything, the scene is important, even down to something that's not as important that's still important, which is painting a picture of D.C. that I know that most people outside of the country and or even inside the country that are just outside of D.C., there's an image that people have of our city. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want to influence that image in a positive way. Uh, it's not a place just for politics and and those kind of, that foolishness and things like that. It's it's actually a place where real people live, real artists, real entrepreneurs, real dating happens <laughs> here. And so, you know, I wanted to paint it in a different light. And I think that it's actually I know just by the response that this podcast is uh, and this story actually is doing that. And um, another goal was to make it more accessible because it's very difficult to uh, promote a book. Uh, I, I don't know how authors do it. I, I, I even cringe even calling myself an author because it's, first of all, it sounds so hoity-toity, right? <laughs> like an author. I just consider myself a storyteller and I used books and podcasts and film to do that. But to be an author is... Uh, extremely difficult from a marketing perspective. And really, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to be sure that I have no idea how to market a book. So in order to make it 
the entire thing just more digestible and more accessible. I said, hey, you know, a podcast is is creative and it's I would love to do something like that. So why not just do it? And so I got the equipment and I'll probably address that in a, in a next another episode um, of a Q&A, maybe the next Q&A of, of how technically I pull this together because I'm recording and mixing and doing everything, all the music, everything that you hear, I'm doing that um, myself. And it's not difficult, but it's definitely not easy. So I'll share that information on the next Q&A. But um, again, the goal for this was to make it, make the story itself. Um, and of course, you know, if you want to buy books and things like that, make make those things more accessible to people who um, I have an aunt who can't see very well. Uh, and that was a consideration, too. She wants to read my stuff. And she's like, well, I can't see. And those little words, and you know, <laughs> so she can hear, though. She can hear very well. So she can listen to this podcast every week. So um, that was one of the goals. And creatively, what I wanted to do initially was to make it like you were listening to a TV show. In a dream world, this would be like you're listening to a movie or TV show with different characters. Like Jay would be her own character. Ty would be her own character. Kenya would be her own character. And um, that's actually the casting and the production that would go into that, getting people into, you know, my little studio to record. That was what was kind of holding me back from starting this even earlier, actually coordinating people. And it, it's sometimes it's a little difficult to coordinate people when you're working independently and you can't pay people for the time and, you know, things like that. So sometimes you just have to start where you are. I'm a big, big believer in just sometimes just starting and things will, if they, they're supposed to, um, with regard to that, they'll, they'll find a way to come together. So I don't have a Ty and a J and, uh, you know, a me, a Kenya yet. Well, I don't want to say me. That's, you know, but <laughs> a Kenya yet. But um, perhaps that will happen. If not, I'll continue to um, go with the flow and continue to, you know, read it out for you. So I wanted this to be big with various actors and different characters. And I do have some sound effects, but I wanted it to be like on location type of stuff with the music and everything. But for similar reasons as to why this isn't an independent TV show yet. Um, again, it just, it requires a lot um, when you're doing that. And so um, I just started where I was. I generally do that. Just start where I am doing what I can with what I have. Yes, I am playing all the roles right now. It's not for vanity reasons. I promise you. <laughs> it's not, you know, uh, just because I like to hear the sound of my own voice because I don't. But uh, it feels a little weird and it felt a little weird in the beginning, and, and I'm still even getting used to it. But by episode three, which um, between you and I, I think episode three is where I, I really like that episode. Maybe it's because of the introduction, the introduction of Dream Guy. And I don't know, but I really like I really like that episode. It might be my favorite um, of them all. But I think by then I started to get really comfortable, um, not only behind the mic, but behind the production board as well. Um, especially once I became content that, look, this is this is it. This is what you're doing. Like, this is how it's going to be done. So uh, that was a very long-winded uh, way of approaching that question. But the quest the initial question is, you know, about the goal for this approach. Uh, so the next question is, tell me how the podcast differs from the novellas, how the novellas differ from the TV scripts, but what they all have in common. 
Um, okay. I, I kind of uh, touched on the how everything initially started to come together with having written them as TV scripts first. So the TV scripts, and most TV writers will know, uh, we hate to admit it, but the, t- the script is more or less the more or less a blueprint and then working with directors and actors and light and cameras and all that photography all that good stuff it that's it becomes more the finished product product uh music and all of those things so the what's on the paper is sort of a guide to how it will come together and that sort of served as a guide too for it being books um because in TV or film you show don't you're not going to tell the story you're showing the story eventually and the script does reflect uh usually reflects some kind of bare bones attempt at the showing part whereas with novels or novellas you're kind of doing both you're kind of describing the story so you're kind of telling it more or less um so there's a lot more description obviously than a tv script would have there's um there's a little bit more to each scene as far as me trying to find a really good way of putting you there and and having you sort of be there and so Kenya being the narrator and the narrator and the primary um the main character hero protagonist whatever um she is literally telling you the story because she's narrating there's no omniscient narrator so she's telling you the story while she's also in the story so there's there's a lot going on there with that but another key element that separates one from the other i really didn't want this to feel like an audiobook it kind of does but it's a little different in that there's a little more to the podcast than even the tv show has uh, and maybe it'll now that i've done it maybe i'll integrate it into the tv show but the TV show was one thing and the novellas were sort of a way of telling you the TV show. With the podcast, the slight difference is if you notice before you hear um, I'm Kayana Ebony Brown and this is a story of music and men, every episode kind of, that's the jumping off point. It usually comes at about 10 or 15 minutes in. That Everything before that um, is a cold open. Um, not to use jargon, most TV writers will know what a cold open is. Uh, and just to describe it to people who are not TV writers, if you've ever watched Grey's Anatomy, um, Law and Order SVU, really any TV show that's mostly the hour longs have this, but a lot of the the half and hours have it too. Especially the half, well, actually all pretty much all TV shows have it. But before the theme music comes on, there's this little piece in the beginning that kind of sets the tone for what the episode, or at least one of the storylines that the episode will be about. And I wanted to make, not only make the podcast different from the actual TV show or the books and, and have a little bit more info in it for you, um, because I was breaking up the, episode, the novella episodes and TV episodes, breaking them up for the podcast, it needed to have a little bit more before you got into the meat of it. So I took that time to kind of use it as a... Um, almost like a platform. And this kind of goes into the next question. Actually, I have the next question, sort of the next question, because the next question that someone submitted is, you start each episode with what you call a cold open. 
how or why did you want to do this? So recently there, I wanted to use it as a platform because recently there have been some people telling particularly athletes or entertainers to stick to what they know. Like if you're, an, if you're a basketball player, you know, someone told LeBron to just shut up and dribble. So it's this misconception that because you do one thing, you can't even think about anything else, let alone vo- or verbalize that, you know, uh, to the public. And because I'm not really like, for instance, Issa Rae once said, and this is sort of a quote, so I'm reading this. So Issa Rae once said that not all black stories are rooted in trauma. And I, honestly, I couldn't agree with her more. So this is a story that's told from triumph, not tragedy. So my initial thought was to stick to the story of a young entrepreneur who's bad at dating. Like that is what the story is about. I'm not trying to be fancy, not trying to save the world. I'm not a social justice warrior. This is a story about a kid who's an entrepreneur who's bad at dating. But (laughs) not being a political person, um, I also don't particularly focus my premises on those kinds of issues either. So even though she's in a major city, Uh, And she may pass something or you may hear something in passing about, you know, a relevant issue in the city that's in like one of my normal episodes. You're probably she's probably not going to, especially in the first season, I I think I'll do this in the next season. But in the first season, she's likely not going to really tackle hard a social issue, per se. Um, Most of what we stick to is kind of lighthearted. It's light drama. And most of my, actually all of my writing is very introspective and existential. Like that is the best way I can describe my writing. So I usually deal with, in all of my writing, what's going on inside of a person and what's going on inside of that person's mind with regard to who they are as a person. And it it doesn't always, uh, or very seldom deals with social justice. But again, going back to Folks telling athletes and people like Lin-Manuel Miranda, like telling these people or John Legend, telling these people to stick to Hamilton or stick to singing R&B music or stick to dribbling or whatever the case may be. Um, You know, in the last few years, the climate in America has changed. Um, It's changed a lot. When I first started developing this story and coming up with the, the climate, even if these things that are happening now were happening, it still didn't feel the same, at least to me. And maybe, you know, maybe young people just have blinders on sometimes and older people are like, look, this has been happening since, you know, and I know it has, but just the climate, you know, just the feel of America has changed drastically in the last few years. So although this story doesn't necessarily tackle social or social justice issues, at least not again, at least not in this first season, um, and not, not a lot of my writing even focuses on those things. I did want to, because the podcast can come out, it's, gonna, it's weekly. And so it's, it's a little more timely than publishing a book and having, you know, something become old. With the podcast being so timely, um, the cold open I wanted to use as an opportunity to address some timely issues that may otherwise have gone unaddressed or maybe look or feel out of touch, or just, it's just, some things just get old. Some, everything's not evergreen. So some things just get old. Like I, like, that's like me right now talking about Trayvon Martin, you know, it's, 
it's a story that has is still relevant, but the actual act of it happening was so long ago. So I didn't want to to talk about or necessarily address things that happened so long ago. And with a book, you know, with it taking months to put out, it, you know, I would run the risk of something like that happening. So um with the cold open, what I do is talk about some things that not only are existential and interpersonal, which I love to do, but I also can talk about some things that are happening in D.C. Um, that may be reflective of other cities in the country or in the world or things that are actually happening in our country or actually happening in the world that can tie in to the themes of each of these sub episodes. Um, my writing is very thematic. So each novella has its own theme. Thinking of a master plan where that was the first episode, that was the first eight episodes of the podcast that you listened to. So the whole theme of that episode was uh, how we make our own, how we at least try to make our own plans for our life and our career and, and everything, but how that plan doesn't always come to fruition the way we want or the time we want, things like that, um, which I'm saying this right now and and I hate saying it because I hate to admit that because um, I don't always feel like admitting that it hurts. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're an impatient artist. But um, that was the goal, the overall, overall overarching theme of that first cluster that first eight episodes and the first novella and the first TV show, uh, first TV episode. The next um, set of episodes you'll hear, the next seven, are the overarching, overlying, underlying theme of that episode is age. So you'll hear uh, the next seven episodes, because they're broken up into those for the podcast, talk about in some way age, how it plays a role in everything. Uh, and you'll see each of the characters deal with whatever theme that I'm on for the episode. Each of the characters deals with that theme in some way, shape, or form. Um, and it's all different. They all deal with, deal with it in different ways. So that cold open um, for each of the podcast episodes will deal with something in society, not necessarily dealing with age, but it may deal with a, a even smaller theme or a lighter theme within the episodes. I mean, you'll hear it. I don't want to like over explain it, but that's the reason to answer the question. That's the reason for the cold open is to keep each sub episode more timely. Um, and then the grander episodes, they're a little bit more, uh, as they call in, in the marketing world, like evergreen, like these are topics, um, that are like interpersonal topics that never go out of style. Women will always be dealing with these topics that I'm de- like age. <laughs> or trying to plan your life. You know, th- those are topics that people, but particularly women, will always be dealing with. So it's not um, something that I have to worry about going out of style anytime soon. The next question, uh, how would you describe your writing style? Um, there's a saying that goes, we're not human beings on a spiritual journey. We're spiritual beings on a human journey. So this human journey, as we all, we're all going to die, like this, this journey, is, it doesn't last forever. It's a part of what we are, the experience that we need to have for whatever amount of time that we're supposed to have it. We don't know what that amount of time is, but there's certain things that we have to deal with 
as humans on this journey, um, a lot of people are very religious. I'm not very, I'm not a very religious person. Uh, I don't subscribe to a particular religion as the way in which I want to live out this journey as the blueprint for this journey. I believe more so in, um, in the journey itself, uh, as most figures in religious books had their own journey. Now we follow them, but at the time they, they weren't, you know, people weren't necessarily following them at that time or even before they existed. They went on their own journey. They went out in the wilderness or went up on the hill or whatever the case may be. And they discovered or allowed to come to them or uh, whatever the case may be. They, they were able to connect spiritually with the higher power in their own way. They discovered what it was. And I do heavily believe in doing that and kind of having your own journey and allowing life to be a journey and not beating yourself up, even though I, I crush myself. I'm telling you, like, I really beat myself up, like, a lot. Um, but that's something that, you know, I have to, I, you know, I know I have to stop doing, but it's a part, again, that's part of the journey. And so, um, yeah, so that, you know, my writing style deals a lot with that. It's, I'm not usually political, usually not inspired by social trauma. Um, I see those things, but there are artists out there, writers, filmmakers, who that's what inspires their writing. Like, they want to write about police and Black people. I don't. Like, that's not what I write about. But I may write a, do a story about um, someone who may have been affected by that in some other way, but it won't be sensational um, in, in some, of the, you know, some of the same ways in showing police in a particular light. That's just not what I do. So again, it, it deals more so with our emotions. Um, my writing deals a lot with emotions, a, a lot with spirituality, a lot with e existence and our place in the world or a person's place or character's place in the world, their perception of that place, uh, how they're dealing with things that are in their heart or in their mind is very, <laughs> very, uh, uh, again, very introspective. I, I can't really explain it any further, but any like it's very uh, introspective. Uh, and I do believe that that is something that is extremely necessary because I did have a teacher once, uh, one of my professors recently. Um, he wanted my writing to be something that it's not. He wanted it to be, you know, talking about police or, you know, kind of be a Malcolm X, Martin Luther King type of thing. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm not saying that it will never be that, but sometimes you have to admit what you are. And I felt bad when, you know, this teacher wanted it to be this thing and it wasn't <laughs> at that time. And then, you know, as I got older and, and became more comfortable and more confident in what my writing actually is, it's like, no, this is necessary too. Not everybody and their mama need to be talking about police all the time or talking about Trump or talking about, you know, those types of things and because it's enough people talking about those things. But we are dealing with things, especially in America, for instance, like mental illness or depression or suicide or just so many different things that we're dealing with. And so I like to put those kinds of things in into my writing um, more so than uh, social kind of communal grander issues <laughs> like that grander in, in the grand scheme of 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 a country or or a bigger community um 
the next question is about the music. It says the music is very important. Um, the music is very important. So tell us about the journey, past, present, and future of the music. So the music is very important. What I set out, how I envisioned the music at first, it was always, even in the TV show, the soundtrack would be all independent music. But again, when you're doing a TV show, there's hundreds of people hired. You have music supervisors who can clear music and make sure it's okay for you to use for that specific reason. Um, when you're working alone on a podcast, it's not as feasible to clear music. And I didn't learn that until after the first episode. So here's a quick little story. So when I started putting this uh, podcast together, I went online and I was finding all this great independent music on YouTube and uh, SoundCloud and all these places. I'm like, man, this song sounds good. And it would, it would sound good under this. And I'm going to use it under this because I think I can use it. And then I, I put together the whole episode, the whole first episode. And then I said, you know what? I should do a little bit more research to make sure I could use, you know, I actually use this music and come to find out. It wasn't, it, I don't want to get too technical, but I could not just use that music. And there was a good reason why I thought I could. And there's also a good reason why I figured out that I couldn't. But what happened was um, I didn't want to change it because I actually, once I uh, produced that episode, I really liked the way that music sounded in there. So I, it was maybe eight or nine songs. I found the e email addresses, which took some digging because some of these musicians no longer even actually make music like that. Like the indie artists, they're doing other things. They're like professors and stuff like that. I mean, it's crazy. So I found all of them. They were all over the world. And I emailed each and every one individual. And I'm like, look, I have this podcast that's coming out. It deals with music. Um, I used one of your songs like, here, you can listen to it to see what I'm doing. And each and every one of them within a matter of a week, it only took like a week. All of them was like, yeah, sure, you can use it. So I just went ahead and kept it. You know, I didn't, you know, do anything fancy, just went ahead and kept the music. So it's all cleared. That's just the, me shortening the story a little bit, but more or less, that's pretty much what happened. But I did not have the time or patience to do that for every episode. I made the mistake of doing that for the first one, almost made the mistake for the second one until I'm like, look, you need to double check on this for a bit. But I did meet some cute, cool uh, musicians um, out of that. And some of them I was able to use, I actually start working with and using their music more. So ideally I would use independent music and I would have a lot more uh, DC music. Cause believe it or not, if you're not in DC, you may not know, but um, like most major cities, DC is a real city with real artists. And there are a lot of great local musicians. Some I know, some I don't, but um, in putting the music together, I needed a centralized place where I could find the music easily. Uh, SoundCloud is one of those places where you can find music easily if you just search certain keywords. But anyway, that's, that explains in, in case there's a question, why isn't there more DC music? The goal would be to have more of that later um, when I can, when it's more accessible for me to screen it. But when it ended up happening was I started looking for places that offered, whether through subscription or um, whatever, kind of, like a service where I could get music 
and it's cleared to use and it's it's okay to use for this reason. So I found Filmstro uh, and it's a, it, film is right in the name. So it's for films. People probably use it for scoring films or for commercials or things like that. But it is an incredible, I'm not going to like oversell it because you might get it and not like it or, you know, they ain't paying me. So I'm not going to sit up here, <laughs> and, you know, try to promote them. But um, so I'm not going to like overblow it, but it, they, it's a pretty good service. Got to like calm it down a little bit, but it's a pretty good service. I, I swear by it now. It's really great. And it enables me to somewhat compose the music. So it makes it a little bit more unique for the scenes that I'm using music for. And I'm not a composer by any stretch. I mean, I was a DJ, like I DJ, I'm good with like chopping music and doing things like that. And I pr I've produced music before, so I'm not like a complete novice, but I am in no way, shape or form. Like when I start doing big Oscar movies, I'm not going to be composing using, <laughs> using films, like I promise you. But for this reason, it was, um, it is, it has been like a godsend because without it, I definitely would not be able to do this show this way. And again, this to do this podcast this way, the goal was to make it not like a, an audiobook. My audiobook, as most audiobooks are, are a little dry. You know what I mean? Like you you put it on and it's just a person in the quietest room ever just like reading a book to you. And I wanted this, you know, I I met somewhere in the middle cuz I wanted actors, didn't don't have actors, but it at least has music um with it being a music themed show and it does have some sound effects and things like that. So th that's the goal with the music. So the past is where the music where I well, thought I was getting music from. The present is where we are now using primarily um musicians who I can uh, have access to immediately. Um Mona Wanderstruck is one of them. Um you know, th there's a there's a few whose music seems to be ideal for what I'm doing. And then uh the future is to be able to implement more independent artists, more local artists, um, and not necessarily rely as much on Filmstro. But Filmstro is, has been great because it's not like a timestamp track. It's not like a five-minute track that I have to then go in as a former DJ who knows how to chop music and, and make the song longer. Like, I don't have to do that. Like, I, if, I, if it needs to be 15 minutes with Filmstro, I can make it 15 minutes right off the bat. I don't have to... <sighs> you know, find an instrumental part of the, the song and like keep piecing it together, which I've done. Like on the first episode, I like elongated a lot of that music or whatever the case may be. But um, that hopefully that answers the question. So there's a great vision for the music. Oh, and then as far as vision of the music, um, there, I wanted it to be a mixture. So the TV show, I'll work with, you know, real uh, people to score it and things like that. And we'll come to an understanding of the tone and all of that. But for this, I really want it to be as, I mean, I want it to have classical to rock. I don't have as much rock yet because that's a little loud for me to talk over, but I wanted to have like classical to pop to j obviously jazz, um, rock. There's uh, some ambient, you know, I wanted to have all genres of music represented here, electronica, everything. Um, even got some dubstep in there. So you can hear all these different, this range of music, all different tempos, all different genres. Um, even got some some good classical music in there. I usually write to classical music, so it's easy for me to integrate classical music 
into this anyway. Uh, and so Filmstro has, again, a way for me to get all of that in one place and make it unique to my specific project. So again, that's the last time I'm mentioning that company because until we have a real relationship, I'm not like promoting it any more than I have to. Um, but that has helped with the music so far. So the last question is, um, well, it's not really a question. It just wanted me to adjust, uh, address how things might change for the podcast in the future. So we had this, t- this two episode gap, which is this Q and a, and then the next episode, you'll hear a, re- a review episode to kind of keep you fresh, uh, for what's to come next. But, um, if you notice at the end of every, well, after the episode pretty much is done, um, it says next time on of music and men. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm not going to tell you uh, what's coming next time on of music and men, but because I can't allow you to binge it like Netflix, you might forget or become a little loose in the brain about what happened last week. So I'm going to try um, and you tell me whether you like it. Like it's really with something like this is is really about what you want. And someone told me that they would. Of course, it wasn't a consensus, but they were like, you know, instead of saying next time, why don't you say last time and put it at the beginning? I like the idea of the episode just starting. Like soon as you cut the push play and you cut the thing on, it jumps right into the episode. I do like that without it being obscured by anything, advertisements or anything like that. But um, because a week goes by between you listening to, from one to the next, I'm going to put a tag at the front. And this is, I'm not married to it. If you hate it, let me know. I'll t- <laughs> change it. But I'll put a tag at the front. This is last time on of Music and Men. And it'll give you like a little clip so you won't forget what happened last week if you miss, um, well, you can't really miss week to week. That's kind of silly to listen to, you know what I mean? Like a complete story, but you didn't miss like <laughs> in the middle of it. But uh, hopefully that'll help a little bit. Again, I don't know if for episode three or the cluster of episodes for episode three, if that will be the same then. I'll address it then. But you let me know um, what you like. And I think that's it. I had a couple more questions here, but I think these, um, we can address those in the next Q&A because I've gone on much longer than you probably even expect for Q&A. So um, that is it. I will see you next week. Actually, next episode will be the review episode. And then the following week, you will get, we will start episode two. So um, it will be considered episode 2.1. But so not to throw you off, it will be numbered in a way that you can understand in in your podcast app. So don't want to throw you off with that, but it'll be episode 2.1, but technically episode nine, if you're going in sequential order, that's a better way of saying it. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can do that in any order that you want to. I am not picky at all. If you feel like subscribing first, go ahead and subscribe. If you feel like uh, reviewing it first, I really don't care. But one thing I would ask is that you share this with at least one friend. If you want to share it with a group of friends, ain't nobody stopping you. That's all up to you. I actually encourage you to share it with more than one friend. But we're trying to uh, 
We're trying to get this to as many people as possible. So far, we're being listened to all over the world. Shout out to whoever you guys are out in France, if you're in France, because they have a big listen, uh, big listenership in France for some reason. I do have a friend from France, but I have no idea if they've been spreading the word. If they are, thank you. Um, and we have a huge listenership in Italy and in Canada. So we want to get some more people in Africa. That's like my goal. And definitely some folks uh, out in Australia, uh, because I do know people there and I want to reach them more so than we are right now. So we have, uh, just to give you a heads up for this first season, you have about, I don't want to promise you anything. We got a lot more episodes and a lot more good stuff to come. So remember, rate, subscribe, and review. Also, I cannot forget, it is imperative that I remind you of Patreon. Uh, it would be very helpful if you went to patreon.com slash of music and men. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash of music and men and become a patron. I mean, we're not even asking for that much. It's like a two or five. What that means is two, that means two bucks or five bucks. We don't want to make it any more complicated than that. But what that will do is help so much with the distribution and the production and all of this kind of stuff of every episode that you get. And oh, I said earlier that I had something to tell you and I almost forgot. So right quick, when I mentioned books and I said that only the first book is available, well, that's not going to be a problem from this point on. And Patreon will help us to do this even faster. So those of you who want and like tangible things, you like to touch things in your hand, you like to get autographs, you like to read, I have just signed on with Sovereign Noir Publishing. So I have a publisher now. I've, I, I've waited to the end and I almost forgot. I actually even cut off the mic and had to cut the mic back on in order to remind, to remember to tell you about Patreon, of course. But I wanted to tell you about my new relationship with a new publisher who they're going to be handling all of the books from now on. So episode two, the second book, is slated to be released later this year. And then the subsequent episodes will be coming much faster then because it's been like a year. Like, believe it or not, it's been a gap between the first novella being published and then where we are now with the podcast and the second novella being published. So the second novella, I'll have some more information on that coming up very soon, but we've already set a release date. Um, but I don't want to disclose that just yet, but it's very soon, as a matter of fact. So you'll be able to get your hands on it, be able to read that second book. We got some merchandise coming. We got a few little t-shirts and stuff down, but once you become a patron, you'll be able to get in on that extremely early. You'll be able to know everything very much quicker than me coming on and doing a Q&A. But yeah, almost forgot to tell you that. So patreon.com slash of music and men you can find all this information on of music and men.com i'll also put it in the show notes so don't worry if you don't feel like going to the website or searching where well, how do you spell that again is it of no just like if you're in apple Podcasts or in whatever podcast app just go scroll down and look at your notes and i'll hyperlink everything there but yes more books are coming and they are they're going to be coming much faster you will not have to wait like you did before so that's another cool thing. So anyway, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.